It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, don't look now, but the Toronto Raptors might have themselves a bench. Oh, like because when I shot, I expected to make it, so like I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, February the 26th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for 10 seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on the Very Bad website at Woodley Sean. You can find the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors, and of course, you can join us in the Locked On Raptors Discord server. The link is in the description of the podcast, and it's a great place to come hang out. If you want to talk about the Raptors, if you want to talk about movies, if you want to talk about relationships, there was like some very wholesome relationship counseling going on in the Discord this weekend. It's a beautiful, lovely place to come and talk about the Raptors and beyond with sickos just like you. would love to see you become part of our horde of sickos in the Discord. Again, link in the description for free. Join it and uh, come anytime. Come say hi. We'd love to see you. Uh, of course, you can find the show for free where you get your podcasts on the various podcast apps on audio. You can also find us on YouTube, uh, wherever you find us. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. It's always appreciated on YouTube. Hit the notification bell and you get a heads up every single time the show goes live or premieres. You can join the live chat during the airing of the episode as well. So go ahead and do that. And uh, very much appreciated to all those who support the channel on the audio or, of course, on the video side of things as well. Uh, today's show is brought to you by friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And we will get started here digging into a Toronto Raptors 123-121 win over the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. A big victory for those who are afflicted with play-in fever like yours truly. A uh, big win as the Raptors even the season tiebreaker with the Hawks. And uh, of course they are now you know, kind of looking at conference record is probably what's going to be the tiebreaker between these teams. They pulled a half game ahead in that department as well. And that's going to be a very close battle down the stretch. Of course, lots of injury news with the Hawks that we'll get to coming up later on in the good, the bad and the hmm. Also later in the show, I want to talk about Kelly Olenek and Jakob Pertl and the joys of watching really competent centers throw cool passes. But off the top, I think the big takeaway from this game is that the Toronto Raptors may have found themselves a bench and it's pretty thrilling after many years in the wilderness with the Raptors solely dependent on 
can the starters and maybe one bench guy hit in a given game to be the determiner of whether they would win a game or not? And in this game, the starters without RJ Barrett, a little ho-hum, you know, not so great. You know, RJ, uh, sorry, Gary Trent Jr. did not have himself a great game. Two of nine from three. Jordan Wara, ooh, rough stuff from Wara. We'll talk about him later on as well at the back part of the show. Uh, it was not a banner night for the starters by any means, but the bench comes in and plays fantastic ball. In particular, the Scotty Barnes plus bench lineups, which, you know, have not been very good this season. In fact, they've been awful this season over the course of this whole year lineups that feature scotty barnes without any of the usual starters whether it's the current starters rj quickly purtle uh who else starts with the team uh <laughs> my, my mind is gary trent jr um you know trent was obviously part of those bench lineups earlier on in the season but you also bake in those lineups without pascal without og without dennis schroeder over the course of the season scotty barnes plus four bench guys has been a minus 17.2 per 100 possessions and over 400 possessions of play they've been getting absolutely murdered it's just been a nasty nasty run of those bench lineups and Darko Ryakovich has kept on going to them and you know it's been very similar in terms of results for the Scotty plus bench look with this new team but on Friday that lineup was a plus 11 turned in I think the two best shifts of basketball we saw from any lineups from the Raptors in that game against the Hawks on Friday in the second quarter and in the early fourth, I think it was, or late third, early fourth, um, you know, that lineup really clicked. And we saw, I think, a lot of stuff that you can build upon and say, hey, you know what? There might be something here that is bench mob adjacent, something that gives the Raptors some depth and some optionality lineup wise to go and throw out over the course of a game. It's really encouraging. You know, in this game, like I said, a plus 11 for Scotty in the bench. We also saw little flourishes of quickly in place of Scotty with the bench. Those lineups a little bit smaller, obviously. But I do think that this group might have some legs. Overall, Scotty plus Ochai Abaji, Grady Dick. Kelly Olenek and Bruce Brown, still a negative, minus three per 100 possessions, and I think 87 possessions of floor time together. So not a huge sample to grow on here. And before last night, the numbers were, or before Friday night, the numbers were a total disaster. But again, a plus 11 in their minutes in this game, one of the most used lineups for the Raptors. And, you know, I don't think you could look at how they played, specifically on offense, the cutting, the moving, the sort of overlap and meshing of the very high IQs of all the guys on the floor in that lineup, there's something there. And, and you know, the way I think Kelly Olynyk starts everything, just kind of working from the middle of the floor, his playmaking out of the elbows, uh, the way he can put it on the deck and make a play, like that I think is a huge, huge boost to these units. That's just not something these lineups had earlier in the season, right? Where Scotty Barnes was kind of out there with Precious Achua and Chris Boucher and Jalen McDaniels for stretches. You know, it was early season Grady Dick before his fingertips turned to fire as they have over this last little stretch as well. Uh, and obviously, you know, you had Malachi Flynn heavily involved. Gary Trent Jr. at the nadir of his production this season involved. Those just, they did not have a ton of extra juice around Scotty Barnes. These lineups do, and there's extra ball handling. Grady Dick can make a play off the bounce and keep a possession alive. Ochai Abaji, I'm pretty impressed with what we saw from him on Friday. I have not been thrilled about his work so far as a Raptor, but he's clearly a smart player. He obviously brings a little bit of perimeter defense that any Raptors lineup would be begging for all season long. And in these bench lineups in particular, it's really important to have that in there. Um, and I think Bruce Brown, I know he has his detractors among Raptors fans. And look, he's not been perfect since coming over in the trade. 
But I think what you saw from him in this game was a real prime example of how Bruce Brown operating within like a functional system that makes sense becomes an elevator because he's a really smart player. He can connect an already connected offense and just sort of build up even more of those neural pathways, if you will, just with what he does as a cutter, as an off ball player, just as a guy who can kind of be in the right spots. You know, there was one possession where you had Kelly Olynyk up high on the right wing. He just dumps a little pass down to Scotty Barnes as Bruce Brown curls around and gets the screen from Olynyk to cut through the middle. Barnes throws a beautiful bounce pass. Brown quick dish to the corner. Brady Dick up to Ochai for the three. He misses the three, but that was just like a beautifully simplistic sequence of basketball that I think that group is very capable of. Again, a lot of smart players. There's a lot of passing in that group. And obviously you have the star power of Scotty Barnes to kind of tie it all together. You know, again, just a minus three so far in terms of the overall net rating for that lineup. But I do think there's all re- all the reason in the world to keep on giving that lineup some run because it, it looks legit. It looks like something that can grow into a real staple lineup for the Raptors, especially against second units, right? Where you're not up against opposing stars and your staggered lineups, whatever. Um, having Scotty out there with those smart you know, adhesive players, you know, I think defense is going to be an issue for these lineups. We'll get into that. I'm sure, um, you know, as we continue to get more tape on this group, it's not a huge lineup. Grady Dick obviously can get beaten here and there, but I think Ochai does a lot. I think Bruce Brown's just a smart, heady defender. I think Kelly Olenek's a really smart, heady defender as well. And then you have the sort of game-breaking defensive playmaking of Scotty Barnes. And I think you can get by again against second units with that being your staple bench group. Um, you know, throw in quickly if you need a little bit more offensive pop. Obviously, that hurts the defense too. But I think there is uh, quite a bit to go on here with this with this bench look. And I'm glad they're starting to get some run together. I'm glad they're getting extended run in games as well. I've not been a huge fan of Scotty plus four non-starters at all. But this feels like a group that actually gives him a shot with the amount of cutting acumen that's on the floor, with the amount of shooting that's on the floor, with Grady Dick just like just unstoppable it's incredible uh 18 points for dick in this one it's just yeah i'm feeling good about a toronto raptors second unit for the first time in a very very long time which is a very nice place to be uh also a nice place to be we talked about kelly olenic a little bit but i want to expand a little bit more on the thing that really popped from this game for me outside of the bench looking so good and that is 48 minutes of competent center play It's just so damn delicious. We're going to get into that coming up in just one second. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Grammarly. Look, no one likes writing emails for work. It's a lot of work. You got to draft it up. Sometimes you got to get a second set of eyes on it because you've been looking at the same email for, you know, hours on end trying to craft it and perfect it. What if you can make that all go away? You can with Grammarly. Grammarly is here to be your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant personalized suggestions. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. No one wants to have to craft those difficult work emails. Grammarly can do it for you. Grammarly is the gold standard of responsible AI with 14 years of experience and just about every IT certification under the sun. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that helps your team make their point 
and move faster. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Thank you so much for hanging out as we dig into the Raptors win over the Hawks on Friday. Just like a nice, really important clutch victory to kind of Boost a little inspiration for those who might be like, oh, the play-in race, do we really need to worry about that? Yeah, it's fun when you're winning games down the stretch. It's cool. It's fun. It's nice to have something to work towards if you're a team. And I think this was a great example of that. And you know, you want to give me more close games against teams in the relevant race and all that stuff? I, I'm fully on board for that to be the experience down the stretch of this season. And it seems like the Raptors are into that as well. It's sweet. 25 more games to go. Plenty of ground to be made. It's still a long shot that the Raptors do this thing, but it's actually attainable now. And the win over the Hawks was the thing that made it attainable. If you fall, you lose the tiebreaker, you fall back four and a half games, you're kind of screwed. But you claw it to three and a half, you get the tiebreaker back in the sort of up in the air now. And again, we'll talk about the Hawks coming up later on and what they're dealing with now. But man, oh man, it's uh, it's nice to watch basketball that's being played competently, smoothly, connectedly and with some kind of purpose even if the pot of gold at the end of the road is not a very substantial pot 10th in the eastern conference it's still nice to be playing for something and i was kind of making this point a couple months back when the play-in race was very close it seemed between the bulls hawks nets and raptors and that you know you know five years from now you'll look back if the raptors do in fact make a fun run here and say hey Remember how fun that was when the Raptors got on a heater late in the season and made the play-in? And that was sort of like the first sign that this team might have some juice. Think about a lot of recent years of teams where, you know, they've had a late go. It's looked pretty good. And then all of a sudden, okay, next season they're ready to go. The Suns come to mind, obviously, with the bubble. That's sort of a weird compressed example. But uh, it's happened before where a young team uses the back part of the season to really get their sea legs. And then they're raring to go going into the next season. And it turns into a bit of a launch pad. So, that's exactly what I'm rooting for to happen here. Um, a thing that makes all this possible is, of course, having 48 minutes of good center play, which is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. As an acolyte of the Serge Ibaka Marcus Raptors, where they just constantly had high end center play on the floor, I think it's just such a valuable thing. You know, the, the league is changing, obviously, positionality has become way more amorphous, but guys who do center things well, there's always going to be a place for them, and they're always going to be valuable, specifically when you're a team trying to do player development, when you're trying to improve guys, get them into spots to succeed. Having centers who have the soft skills, who do the little things that make life easier for everybody is huge. And I think Jakob Pertl and Kelly Olynyk in this win against the Hawks are a really great example of all those soft skills coming to life. And you know, you have between the two of them, they combine for 12 assists. That's the easy part, right? The passing is legit from both ends, you know, and I think the really interesting thing about their passing is that having Pirtle and Olenek eat up all your minutes at the five, this allows you to 
you know, kind of have the same core principles throughout a game. You're trying to establish habits and build something in Darko Ryakovich's system. It gets a lot easier when you can run the same stuff over the course of a full game, just with different players running the stuff. You could not run the same Yaka Pertle offense when Jonte Porter was filling in for him when he was hurt or when Precious Achua was playing the five or whatever, right? Like it's just a different ball game. And while Pirtle and Olenek have different skill sets and are better at certain things than the other is, they still bring elbow passing, they bring connective passing, and that is a huge thing to allow them to kind of explore their whole playbook over the course of 48 minutes and, again, get more schooled in the principles of what Darko Ryakovich is trying to instill. And, I mean, this game, a pretty prime example of having that continuity across the game where 37 assists, and, again, assists are not, like, offensive production they, they don't equate to each other but in this game it absolutely did like this is a game where the raptors were running their stuff with force playing with verve and their centers are a really big part of why they were able to do that because they operate as this sort of orbit around which everything kind of goes in the offense and they get a lot of great stuff out of it and the fact that both guys can pass basically on the same level as one another is absolutely huge so the 12 assists obviously really stand out um you know defensively very different players obviously but i do think we're starting to see um you know a little bit more identity creep into how the raptors are using their bigs on defense i, I think you know there are the odd moments here and there where they're going to spring a trap or they're going to hedge high or whatever it might be olinic had an incredible play later in this game where he joined, I think it was Abaji, I might have been Grady Dick, up at the top to double-team DeJounte Murray, and then he rotates all the way back, like rookie Christian Coloco style, for a massive block at the rim. Didn't know Kelly Olenek had that in his bag still at age 33, but that's pretty sweet. He'll take that. I, I think that speaks to what a heady defender he is. He kind of, you know, not to invoke Mark Gasol again, but he does the Gasol thing where he just kind of understands space and angles and he doesn't need to be the fastest guy in the world to cover ground he just knows where to be and where not to be to be so far out of position that he can't recover because of his physical limitations and uh, i think that's a beautiful thing you know i, I think uh, on yaka Pertle's end this was a really great game for him just kind of laying back at the rim in wait standing there as the last line of defense rim deterrent i, I think you know we've seen i think correct me if I'm wrong, smarter film junkies out there, but it does feel like they're dropping him back a little bit more in pick and roll and just having him, you know, hang back, be there in case there is some sort of dribble penetration going on. He can still be there to kind of wipe it away, you know, play that middle ground between the roller and the, and the, and the ball handler. Obviously the Hawks are a team against which this is challenging to do. Trey Young obviously hurt, not doing um, his sort of usual Trey Young thing in this game. But I thought Yaka Pirtle had a really fantastic defensive game. He's been awesome out of the gates defensively as well. And, and you know, I, I just think it's just so sweet having just like guys you can set your watch to playing the five. Again, they do different things, right? You know, Pirtle's obviously got the roll gravity. I think that's a valuable thing to have in there, specifically playing with Emmanuel quickly, for example. Um, you know, you have Kelly Olynyk, less so with the roll gravity, but he can make something happen on the short roll big time he can do something where he catches it on the second side has that elongated pump fake drives and, get, and can make a make something happen whether it's scoring or creating the next pass and, and sort of moving the possession along both guys offer so much to kind of instill the darko system of quick decision making ball movement kind of getting it to the next guy and it, it just makes it so it's a way more cohesive product out there it's like 
the same thing that happened last year when the Raptors got Jakob Pertl and it was like, oh my God, they have 30 minutes of good center play. This is incredible. They've now filled in the rest of those minutes with more good center play and it's really paying dividends. And I think we're going to only see it continue to help bolster the developmental process for quickly for Grady Dick, for Ochai Abaji, for Scotty Barnes. Um, and, and you know, obviously RJ Barrett too, once he's back in there, um, it, it's just, you know, I, I really like the Olenek deal. I, I, you know, I don't like the way they got the pick to trade for Olenek. You know how I feel about the Siakam trade at this point, but uh, I think using one of those picks to get Olenek, the value you're going to get out of Olenek, whether he's here for two years beyond this, um, three years, whatever it's going to be, the value you're going to get from him just developmentally and being able to set the stage for development to occur properly in a cohesive, smart system. It's not unlike what Fred Van Vliet did for the Houston Rockets coming in and just kind of setting the table. It's obviously a different position, but a very similar idea. Young players having an organizer, a very valuable thing in the NBA. And I think, um, you know, made pretty clear by what Kelly Olenek's doing. As far as like drawbacks for these guys, you know, I do think, uh, you know, w the defensive rebounding has kind of been a concern. You know, the the uh, Hawks in this game, 20 offensive rebounds. Basically, the only way the Hawks could create offense in this game. Um, they were okay in transition, didn't run very much at all, and they were pretty bad in the half court, actually. The Raptors held the Hawks on first shot half court possessions to 88.4 points per 100 possessions. Very good stuff from the Raptors half court defense. They just couldn't close out those, those possessions. And look, you're going to be prone to that, right? When you have Olenek at the five, especially in those Scotty lineups, those are smaller looks, even more so when Quickly's in, in Scotty's place. And, you know, those are going to be prone to getting a little bit demolished on the glass. But, uh, you know, I think there are ways to work around that. Maybe you work in a little bit more size. Maybe Chris Boucher gets some look in those, you know, maybe instead of like, you know, a Baji for a stretch here or there or for a Bruce Brown here or there to get, give a little bit more rebounding punch. There are ways to sort of finagle it, I think. But you might just have to live with Kelly Olenek lineups not being very good when it comes to defensive rebounding. He's still going to bring you a whole lot else on the other end, too. And, and, you know, the way this team is running of late as well, which has been fantastic. In February, they led the NBA in transition frequency per clean the glass. That helps to kind of make up for some of the defensive rebounding deficiencies as well because they're just running like mayhem all over the place. And those are just easy possessions. You kind of make back the math battle just a little bit there by getting out in the open court and doing what they do, which is score buckets aplenty. Um, and then, yeah, Yaka Pirtle, you know, we know the limitations there, right? The, you know, the defense has not been a thousand percent where you hope it would be this season. Um, you know, he's not been a top 10 center in the NBA as was branded by Masai Ujiri, you know, the long-term when the Raptors are trying to get serious, that probably requires an upgrade over Yaka Pirtle at your starting center spot sometime down the line. But for now, He's providing really strong minutes and really just like useful, again, valuable soft skills to kind of keep this whole enterprise running. And I think you have to be very happy with how the Raptors center situation is looking right now. That was a really big takeaway for me from that game was just, man, it's so comforting. It's like having a heavy blanket to just cuddle under on a cold winter's day, having two centers who know what the hell they're doing. It's pretty sweet. We're going to come back on the other side, get to the good, the bad, and the hmm to round out the show as we always do. We will do that momentarily. Thanks for hanging. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stitch Fix. You know that instant confidence boost you get from an outfit that makes you look really good? That's what I get with Stitch, with Stitch Fix. And it's partly because you don't have to go to the store. Going to the store and shopping 
an absolute nightmare. No one likes to do this. It's just so like, okay, I gotta like make sure I'm wearing clothes that are and shoes that are fit for constant changing and chain room and change rooms. So it's not I'm wasting all this time just disrobing and trying stuff on that's not even gonna fit. It's not fun. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, size, and budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season. Just give your Stitch Fix stylist your size, style, and budget preferences. You can order boxes when you want to. Notice no subscription required, and they send five just for me pieces plus outfit recommendations and pro styling advice. You keep what works, you send back the rest. It's that simple. No more going through the mall and lining up for fitting rooms and trying to make it all happen when you're in the store. Maybe they don't even have your size. It's a nightmare. It's not fun. I hate shopping. And if you don't love shopping, you can get in on Stitch Fix as well. Stitch Fix makes it all so easy. You don't like to shop. They save you money. They save you time. That is beautiful. Style that makes you feel as good as you look. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. Stitchfix.com slash locked on. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, rounding up the show here the way we do after every Toronto Raptors basketball game. It is the good, it's the bad, it's the hmm, a thing I liked, a thing I didn't like, and a thing that's got me a little bit intrigued about the Toronto Raptors' most recent exploits on the floor. My good in this game, Emmanuel Quickly's first five minutes against the Atlanta Hawks, where he was just absolutely scorching and doing so in the way you want to see Emmanuel Quickly scorch. He was grabbing the ball and flying down the court in transition. The Atlanta Hawks broadcast, I was watching back the all possessions recap on the Hawks side of things today. And, and like they were just floored by the speed with which Quickly gets downhill and just sort of turns run-of-the-mill transition possessions into, oh, God, he's already here. What are we supposed to do? It's great. It's exactly what you want to see from quickly on top of super aggression when it comes to threes. I mentioned the first five minutes. That's where he was kind of at his best in this game. They get 13 points right out of the gate. But overall, just like so aggressive, so audacious with his three-point shooting. He had one that was like 35 feet out, and I was like, yeah, more of that, IQ. Like, Pull the defense out. Use that gravity. You are one of the single best above-the-break three-point shooters in all of basketball this season. Lean into it, man. That is the skill set that makes offenses in the modern NBA totally hum, and it's the skill set that makes defenses shake in fear, and Emmanuel quickly was doing the thing. 11 threes attempted in this game, totally shot out of a cannon, and I could not want to see more of that version of Emmanuel quickly. That's a great, great version of Emmanuel quickly. He finishes, of course, 24 points in this one. Got a little cooler in the second half, but seven boards, five assists. Y you love to see it. A really, really nice game from quickly. Uh, my bad in this game, poor Jordan Wara, man. Rough go. Gets the chance to start without RJ Barrett there. I don't think I really agreed with that call. I, I would have preferred to see. Um, you know, a Grady Dick slide in there or something like that. But also at the same time, 
I understand wanting to keep the juggernaut that is the Raptors' new bench together and not mess with that rotation pattern. So it was worth giving Wara a look. He is still a guy I suppose you're evaluating. But man, oh man, this was one of the worst games I've seen a Raptor play all season long and on both ends of the floor. Offensively, he just, you know, obviously you're going to have off nights where you miss, but he's been missing quite a bit, quite routinely uh, of late. It's just not really there for him ever since those two sort of supernova games on the road trip. He's just not been able to find it whatsoever. And I just don't know if this is really the offense for him. He seems to kind of you know, the Gary Trent Jr. thing sometimes where it comes to him and it just takes a little split second too long to make the next play. The advantage goes away. The defense closes out and resets. Whatever it might be, Wara kind of has that sort of negative effect, I think, on the way the Raptors play. It's hilarious. He was a plus seven in this game, the best player in the starting lineup, second best on the team. Uh, I, I don't get it. <laughs> and like, you know, a prime example of plus and minus certainly not being everything on an individual basis. Um, you know, the offense was what it was. The defense in this game from Wara, man. I, like, not, he played 14 minutes. He had a whole highlight film that would be shacked in a fool level bad defense. You get crossed over into oblivion two different times in the exact same fashion by Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay? Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, I, I felt bad for him. You know, you know, no one likes to get crossed up on TV. It's bad stuff, but like, yeah, I don't know what to say. He's just a really bad defensive player, man. He had one possession as well in this game. It was right when the Hawks took the lead, I think, in the third quarter as things were sort of turning a little bit. The Raptors got it back, mostly through their bench lineup. But, uh, you know, Wara picks up DeJounte Murray in transition and full-on pylons him, just stands there as Murray just walks by him with like three feet of separation. It was not even close as far as ball containment and staying in front of your man. No sliding of the feet whatsoever. Like high school level stuff. Really, really like I, I don't think you can justify playing Jordan Wara because of his defense. His defense is like for a six, eight guy. It's bafflingly bad. I don't understand how it's this grim on the defensive end for Jordan Wara. He has the physical tools to be decent he seems to be a pretty fluid mover and athlete but it's either he just doesn't apply it or just doesn't kind of understand the the sort of the more sort of finer aspects of playing defense but this was a really really bad game from war it might be the type of game that just renders him out of the plans entirely he got benched early in the second half did not come back in the game and you know I, I don't think he really features as a guy who's a big part of the future plans regardless uh, you know he's a ufa this summer he's shown a little bit in a couple of games and a whole lot of nothing in the rest of the games i, I don't think you know he was going to go save his future with a nice game here against the hawks but man the next time there's a starting opportunity because rj's missing time for injury management i do not know if it's going to be jordan wara who gets the call because this was uh, as bad a game I've seen a Raptor play all year. We've played, we've seen a lot of bad Raptors games. It was, it's been rough stuff. This was one of the roughest. Uh, so we'll leave that there. Let's go to the hmm. And I've kind of been alluding to it. Trey Young's out for four weeks with an injury, and the play-in race is juicy now. The Hawks won yesterday, so that that puts them four and a half games up on the Raptors now for the last spot in the play-in. Again, the tiebreaker, or sorry, put them four games exactly, not four and a half. They were at three and a half after the game Friday, now at four after beating the Magic. Um, 
you know, good for the Hawks beating the Magic down a man. Maybe Trey Young is the Patrick Ewing theory thing and they just get better without him. It's the Zach Levine thing. Um, I have no idea. We'll see. I guess it'd be pretty telling and, you know, might muddle the Hawks' future plans a little bit depending on what happens here. But not having Trey Young is going to make the Hawks, I think, in tough to do the thing they've had to do all year, which is score 140 points to win most games and without Trey Young I think that it gets harder for them I don't think their defense gets tangibly all that much better without Trey Young because I just don't think they're a very good defensive team anyway um, maybe it gets better maybe DeJounte Murray you know kind of recaptures his all defense form he's not really been there the last couple seasons and you know we'll see maybe this totally transforms the Hawks into a winner again but my hunch is is they're going to lose some games. I believe their schedule gets pretty challenging in March. They have a slightly more difficult schedule than the Raptors down the stretch. I think I checked that Saturday. They had like the 12th hardest schedule. The Raptors had the 18th, so pretty close. But, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. I, I think there's a, a real shot here that this playing thing comes down to the last couple of weeks at the very least. We'll see. Um, the Raptors obviously have to take care of their own house and win some games, and they have some challenging opponents coming up, some dud opponents coming up as well. Lots of Hornets, a couple more Nets. There's not there's some kind of stinker games on their schedule coming up here too, but overall there, there's a shot here if the Raptors can actually string together more basketball like they've played coming out of the break, winning two straight, even go back to the game against the Pacers before the break where they looked very strong. They're now four and three I believe in their last seven, so like no great shakes, but better than we've seen for long stretches this season. And if they can play like slightly above 500 ball. I think they're going to be in that conversation with a Hawks team that I think is going to lose some games. Four games out in the last column. It's a lot of games to make up, but I think it's pretty doable considering what the Hawks situation is without Trey Young for at least four weeks. And maybe they just decide to shut him down and kind of go tank mode too, depending on how these next four weeks go for them. So fascinating stuff, lots of intrigue. And for me, again, someone who thinks it's smart to just convey the pick this season. If you jump up into the lottery and get a top four pick when you, from the seventh or eighth spot, great, fantastic. But if you don't and you end up, uh, you know, kind of in the play-in mix and missing out on your pick, but conveying it and getting your books cleared for the summer, and there's a lot of value to that too as well. And so for, for someone on that side of the aisle, I am all for this play-in race getting juicy and being like the sort of dumb low stakes race that I hoped it would be all season long. Um, you know, everyone will make fun of it. Oh, look at this insane, sad race for the 10th seed. Who cares? It's fun, low stakes, entertaining basketball with some actual meaning and competitive juice, which is always a thing you like to see, especially for a team that's figuring itself out and learning on the fly and all this stuff. Um, we'll see tonight if the Raptors can replicate their bench success against the Pacers. They'll be in tough as the bench scored. God, so many points. 54 points in this game. Pretty sweet. Um, we'll see if they can match that against Indiana. Get some revenge for losing that game late just before the All-Star break to a Pascal Siakam dagger off the glass. We shall see. We'll be back again tomorrow to break it all down with our pal Vivek Jacob, of course. And we'll be, you know, I'm, I'm juiced up again. I'm excited. The team is playing real basketball. They look normal. They look functional. It's going to be fun covering it down the stretch of the season. And I'm going to make it so you care. Even if you're someone who's on the tank side of things, it's going to be so fun down the stretch. I'm going to be so jovial and sprightly as the Raptors win basketball games. They're going to have no choice but to join me on the wagon. We'll wrap it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, tell a friend, all that good stuff. We will talk to you again on Tuesday to recap Raptors Pacers with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.